Hello and welcome to Therapist Talk Therapy, a podcast created for therapists by therapists. Today we are in conversation with Antoinette Stanbridge. Antoinette has almost 20 years experience working in private practice with a range of issues. She has previously worked as a faculty lecturer with PCI College and is now Senior Lecturer and Academic Coordinator at the Irish Hospice Foundation in association with the Royal College of Surgeons. She is also currently working towards a PhD with Middlesex University on the topic of research in counselling and psychotherapy. That's the focus of our conversation today. We explore the world of research in counselling and psychotherapy. This includes some of the barriers which can make it difficult for therapists to engage with research. We also identify opportunities for research to further enhance the great work already being done by therapists in Ireland. Therapist Talk Therapy is a podcast by PCI College, Ireland's leading provider of third-level education in counselling and psychotherapy. Find out more by visiting www.pcicollege.ie. So hi, Antoinette. It's really, really lovely to talk to you today. Thanks for taking the time. Hi. Good afternoon, Margaret. I hope everything is okay with you. All good now. So we are here today to talk about research uh, in the context of of counselling and psychotherapy. And I was wondering maybe we could start uh, by kind of saying about your interest and and your kind of very specific area of interest in that at the moment. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about something about which I'm extremely passionate. Um, As you know, I'm doing my PhD in this area. It's around the topic of how counsellors and psychotherapists in Ireland engage with research. And it's a fairly unusual topic to do. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I chose it is because I've been lecturing in this field for 15 years. And I sat on the board of the journal for the Irish Association of Counseling and Psychotherapy, the IJCP, for five years between 2013 and 2018 and the thing that I've noticed all along is there is wonderful stuff happening in Ireland in the area of counselling and Mm. psychotherapy. I see this with with my colleagues, I see it with my students, we're innovative, we're creative and we do things in a slightly different way. However, my concern is, is that all of these wonderful things that we're doing aren't being communicated mm. to future generations of cancers and psychotherapists. Okay. All too often, the research that we engage with is produced either in the UK or the US. So not always that that relevant Mm. to an Irish setting and we don't really produce a huge amount of research either so this is the main concern to me is the fact that we're not really producing a huge amount we're not really publishing it Mm. and from a recent study that I carried out um, with the membership of the IACP and IHIP I can see that people are enthusiastic about research. They're interested in knowing more. They're interested in engaging more. But my question is, why isn't that happening? Mm. Okay. So that's what my investigation, my st- studies are 
looking into at the moment. Okay, that sounds fantastic. So it's it's quite practical. You're really trying to explore the gap there. So the interest is there, but and when you say that, are you talking about people not like reading research and or not doing research themselves? Is it both? Both of these things, but I'll talk about the the first one first. So people not reading research is a big, big issue. Mm. Um, but I think there are probably quite a number of reasons for that. Um, very often, most of the research that's pr- produced is stuck beside a paywall. Mm. So unless you have a su- subscription to to a library are willing to pay 30 or 40 dollars every time that you want to read an article you're not really going to bother with it now the IACP have been fantastic of late in that they have set up the EBSCO hosted yes uh, platform for research so that's really wonderful i don't know personally what what the uptake on that is like but that's very much a step in the right direction but as we know not everybody is accredited with the 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 iacp the other aspect of it is i think that very often i see this with with my students with my colleagues to a degree as well obviously not my colleagues in academia um (laughs) But people can be unfamiliar with how to navigate online libraries and do searches, even when even when the facility is there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if people don't find exactly what it is they're they're looking for, they tend to give up. Mm. And library databases can be complex. navigate but absolutely worth your while getting getting a head around yeah so it's it's not the lack of information there's plenty of information out there but it's absolutely yeah yeah like um i i think at the moment there's about 50 different journals out there pertaining specifically to the area of counselling and psychotherapy. So that's quite a lot. Um, One of the other things I have found from my research is that the counsellors and therapists, they very often say there isn't a great fit between what I do and the research that's being produced. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that Mm -hmm. hugely. But my response to that is, Okay, so <laughs> what's stopping you from from writing the stuff that is re- relevant and that that is of interest? And very often people will say, "Well, I don't know how to." Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. this is a big block. Yeah. And um, we know also that this is not just an Irish issue, and I cannot. Speak overemphasize this this is a global issue this is in the us it's in the uk it's in canada studies have been carried out and all over the world we find the same things arise again and again 
and again, this poor engagement. Okay. Um, one of the arguments very often from the counselling and psychotherapy profession, and I really agree with, with this, is that very often research is written by academics. Mm, yes. Not by practitioners. Yeah. And there, there used to be a time where practitioners and researchers were the same people. Mm. But this has changed because practitioners' lives have become so busy, uh, caseloads are rising, etc., etc., resources are few. Practitioners don't always have the time and resources to engage with, with research. The other thing that we also find as well is that the structures aren't always there to support people who do want to engage with research. So say, for example, if if a practitioner has observed something in their clinical room that they want to investigate further, the resources aren't always there to support them to do that. And that's a really big issue. Yeah, because I guess like therapists are, are seeing, they're gathering information all the time. Every time you meet a client, you know, you're getting maybe another perspective or, or more detail. So there's like these huge kind of reservoirs of information. But absolutely. To, to give it or, or what to do with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to be gathering data and information simply for the, the this stake of it, mm. but a, but a huge amount of stuff that other generations can learn from is being being lost mm. by our not okay. doing so, mm-hmm. and that's the concern I have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this this kind of personal image, maybe that you know other people do research. That's not oh possible. big time, and big. and the systemic thing of of the supports aren't there, even if people do kind of want to, to do research so there's two yeah, yeah. absolutely so, so most research in in counseling and psychotherapy tends to be carried out within university settings mm-hmm. where the funding is available yeah. to do so itself is usually pretty minimal but at least it means that the researcher's time is being being paid for. So this is an issue as well. So for a practitioner wanting to engage with research, perhaps willing to produce something, there always has to be the question, well, what's in it for me? Mm. Um, Because research is time consuming. And very often you incur expenses as as well. Mm-hmm. And research and counselling and psychotherapy in Ireland just really isn't funded. There aren't any national pro- pro- projects around it. Mm-hmm. The only projects that happen are usually when people are doing their master's or yeah. doctoral theses. And then these wind up in a university library mm. gathering dust 99.9 percent of of the okay. time so we need to have some joined up thinking around all of this okay 
is my thinking on it anyway. Yeah. And is that what you're trying to explore? You're hoping to have some maybe recommendations yeah, on that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to find out what the barriers are, mm-hmm. both on both on a personal level yeah. um, from uh, counsellors, pr- practitioners, psychotherapists. And I also want to investigate what barriers are there at an institutional and cultural level as well, so that perhaps we we can unpick it and promote a culture of research in the counselling and psychotherapy community in Ireland. And I know, obviously, you're you're in the process of doing that. Yeah, you don't have solutions yet. But do you have any kind of vision of how it could work? Like, how... yes, I do. I do. Um, so, one of one of the things that's that, that's been getting a, a bit of attention, both in the, the 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 UK and in Ireland, are things that that that, that are called PRNs, which are practice research networks. And how they operate is that that the network is created of like-minded people where there's a a mix between um, experienced researchers and novices coming along with their ideas. And the idea is that the experienced researcher would mentor mm. the work of a person perhaps c- coming along who has a fantastic idea, but perhaps doesn't have the skills or the the the, um, the, the, the concrete background mm. to action it. So that's an idea that's in its infancy, I have to be honest with you. Um, both in the UK and the the United States. It seems to be working for psychology to a certain degree. Um, But the the next thing is really to set this up for cancers and psychotherapists in Ireland. But I mean, that that would be a big thing, Mm. which would require a certain amount of funding as well. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this and and it it tends to go back to this. Yeah, yeah. Quite a lot. And uh, I'm only trying to think myself who whose remit would that fall under? <laughs> who would well, take responsibility for that? <laughs> this is the problem. Okay. Um, because there isn't a single body or organisation in Ireland yeah. that, that oversees all of this. Okay. Um. As we know, in Ireland at the moment, I think there are about 40 different accrediting bodies for the various different. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that. Not not, not an awful lot of people do. And they generally see their main, main role as being that of of having oversight of practitioner work. Mm-hmm. So that's their main remit. They don't really get involved in research that much. Okay. The IACP 
didn't either, but I think a few of us managed to change their minds on that. <laughs> and now they see it as being a much more important piece. Um, in fact, when the IUCP were celebrating 30 years, some years back, um, it was talked about as being part of their vision. Okay. And they have employed a research officer. There's there's the research committee. The, these things have been duly formulated. Um, I'm not involved with it myself at the moment because I don't have the time, but hopefully mm-hmm. at some point in the, the, the future okay. when the PhD is g- gathering dust yes. on a university <laughs> shelf somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's that's a, a really good development, but I, I guess still the funding isn't necessarily there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm. And I think also um, the understanding from practitioners that what you're doing is really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it would be helpful if it can be communicated. And I I guess that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, because I've heard, I, I don't teach the research module, but I've heard from different people who do that students can find it a bit difficult to engage with. It feels like it's out of context to them when they get to it in, in third or fourth year. So, yeah, is, is that kind of a, a symptom of what you're talking about? Absolutely. And bless them, my heart g- g- <laughs> goes out to them, particularly those of them that, that are that are that are listening to this podcast <laughs> um yes i've been teaching it for years i loved teaching it i'm and i was very involved in the the redesign of the research module for the new revalidated program at pci so st- students typically go into it with an awful lot of anxiety mm. They, they, they hear this word they think of the white coats and all that and it's so very different to what counsellors and therapists usually do because what we do is very much led by intuition mm. um, all of these th- these things so research requires quite a different skill set mm-hmm. but having said that most people do an awful lot better on it than they think. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm teaching it, I liken it to following a recipe mm-hmm. because there is a format, there is, there, there's a right way and a wrong way. And if you get one of the ingredients wrong, <laughs> it's not going to turn out the way that... Yeah you wanted to so people can be quite daunted by it mm-hmm. but it is an awful lot easier than it looks okay at the outset yeah and I think isn't it you know once you find something you are interested in and hopefully passionate about that that really helps kind of drive that's an enormous part of it yeah. but the other part of it is is that it has to be something that's actually researchable yes okay So I'd very often find that people come in with these fantastic, really, really interesting ideas. 
And I'm thinking, hmm, you've got three weeks to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's the pragmatic aspect as well. There's the, the, it's, it's getting around the, 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 the practicalities is a key piece of it. Yes. And what you might have started off thinking you were going to look at might be quite different by the, the time you get to the end of it. <laughs> well, that's that's the aim. I think mm. very often when, when people are approaching a, a research pro- project, they're coming at it from the mindset for my research to be good. I have to prove my observations right. Mm. Whereas that's really the wrong way of going about it. The the right way is to approach it with a completely open mind and be open to learning something new. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, when I started off this piece of research myself, it, it, it was based on the observation over the years that, that counselors and psychotherapists don't really engage with it that that much. They didn't get excited about it in the same way that I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this became very clear to me very fast. <laughs> okay. And um, so I initially thought that this is just because they can't be, be, be bothered. Okay. But as my research proceeded I could see actually this is a lot more complex than this there's a lot more to it and there's there's an awful lot of very legitimate reasons so my mind has opened it's been expanded and I think the the most important thing for researcher is to allow themselves to be to be led by the research Mm -hmm. to keep an open mind to follow their knows about something so the intuitions are still really 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 important Mm. that's really interesting because you know if we go back to the white coat uh, image you think it's very or or i think research can feel very cold and very um maybe sterile but it's it is i'm sure again when you're halfway into it it's a very emotional experience and you're being tested on your values and assumptions and biases so that that is part of it as well yeah Yeah. and it's a living breathing piece of work and I think also you know one of the mistakes probably that counseling and psychotherapy and psychology to a large extent as well made in the early days was looking at the human mind through the lens of the medical model, i.e. the the hard sciences. That was just a hiding to nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) So, but but in recent years, we've we've come to value things like qualitative research an awful lot more. And methods and approaches are, are evolving and developing and I think one of the most interesting things to come to light recently is combining different approaches while looking at the same data set 
and a colleague of mine, uh, Professor Bullock Frost, um, wrote a book about that, in, I think, in 2011. And really, it's something that's beginning to mushroom quite a bit because we don't have to keep carrying out different studies over and over again. We can look at the same data, but from very different perspectives. And that gives us a much more solid basis for moving forward. But that's at a fairly advanced kind of a level as well. But it's nice to know, I suppose, that it can be a more creative process. There oh, it is. Choices than you think just A, B or C and, and the same. As oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So methodologies, for example, autoethnographic is a very personal mm-hmm. way of doing research and some very beautiful things mm-hmm. come out of it that if anybody's interested, they can look at the work of Professor Carla Villig, who has done wonderful stuff in that area as well. Also, the University of London. But interesting as well, both Nullig and Carla started off their former lecturers for this psychology department at Middlesex University. Okay. So it's 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 helpful for <laughs> students to know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well they took the step uh in, into that field a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting point, and I suppose, you know, we're we're moving kind of into the you know the, the personal realm of research and it can be a, you know, it is quite a personal um it's a project, you know, you're you're picking something you're interested in, you're you're uh, dedicating time and effort to it. So, just even the 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 impact of doing research on somebody's mental health and well being. Mm. <laughs> how, how what's what's your experience of that so far? That is a brilliant question. It's mm. absolutely br- brilliant. Um, it, it's a really important one. Mm. It's not an area that that I'm myself specialize in but uh the meta metanoia institute in london who are also attached to middlesex university mm-hmm. one of their researchers uh sophie B- 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 baker charleston has really begun to investigate all of this mm-hmm. and People find it hard. This comes across. They find it lonely. Okay. They find it isolating. They find it overwhelming. Mm. Um, they very often feel that they haven't been p- prepared for it in their undergraduate mm. studies. Okay. And that's quite normal for the simple reason most people, when they're trying to achieve their their undergraduate degree, it's with a view to becoming a practitioner. That's their main aim. And most college and university courses focus their attention on that at undergraduate level. But people can feel very alienated, very isolated, and find it quite hard going. Mm. 
though I think that's that that's an area of concern as as well and and I think anecdotally I've heard that you know colleges seem to be aware of that now and are putting some supports in place particularly kind of the networking maybe for PhD students that even if they're working on different things that they would have a chance to meet up and and have you know some contact with other people it can be and especially in the last year very isolating for for people if they're studying at home or trying to do research so there seems to be an awareness but it, it definitely seems to be a challenge um, yeah I think so and I think also um, it's quite difficult for friends family partners husbands wives cats yeah. and dogs <laughs> of the person who's carrying out the PhD yeah. to really understand our the research okay what's actually happening the only other person who's really going to get it is somebody who's been through the process yeah, yeah. um do you dread when somebody asks you what are you doing your phd on <laughs> no i love it because as you can see i could talk about it for hours <laughs> okay okay so not at all but i suppose one of the disadvantages of being a psychotherapist and pr- practitioner is that I'm very tuned into their bodily responses, especially their eyes <laughs> glazing over after about 30 oh. seconds. You know? so <laughs> then I stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's been really, really fascinating. And I know we're only kind of touching the surface here, but it's been really, really interesting just to get that context of you know, the, the, the systemic side of things and the context um, of, of research in Ireland, kind of maybe some of the more personal aspects and, and your own um, kind of interactions with it. Is there anything else you think would be relevant to, to just bring up or name about it? Mm. I guess the thing is, for individuals who are interested in it, there is plenty of expertise out there. Talk to a friend or a colleague who who has experience in it I'm sure that they'll lend a hand okay in uh using the uh the the uh, core conditions of course (laughs) (laughs) but 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 help is there I'm hoping that things will change and that in time Mm -hmm. the structures will be in place yeah um but also for everybody who's listening to know the work that they're doing is valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's worth trying to communicate it. It really is. Yeah. So really like the hard bit is done. If, if the work is yeah. happening, it's, it's about finding a way to, to communicate that to other people. It's not that we have to start from scratch and think, oh, what will we research? There's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, if you're intent on doing research, do it about the stuff that you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's important. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Antoinette. That was really, really interesting. And uh, hopefully we've sparked some interest in uh, <laughs> in research and uh, contributing to, to future activities. So thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Margaret. No problem. Thank you.